When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, that's our adventures. So, it's time to do Giant Part 3. But in the interim, interim, I have drunk one of those Talaro's elixirs, which boosted my spirit to 20, which means that I now have 30% XP reduction costs for all skills and all powers, which is very nice. And now I'm having that 30% XP reduction. I could finally go to the Grey Circle. And I trained up all of my... All of the skills I could train there to at least level 58. And I've risen Fortification to level 70. For reasons which will... Not become apparent in this quest, but which will become apparent in a later quest. And also, I, I've talked an opportunity to raise to raise some other skills, some other powers. Yeah, yeah been leveling up a lot, which will mean probably Giants Part Three. The wrath of the giant will be easier. And here's here's the little preview for it. Jask Jaskan has arrived, leading a fearsome army of savage creatures. The formidable mountain giant has set about imposing his cruel will on the towns and villages that once paid tribute to his half brother, Only Jack. Armed with with the one true hope of defeating his menace. You must escape from the clutches of his cunning minions and brave a perilous journey to the town of Elmbridge, where a rendezvous with a mysterious alloy and a final desperate stand against the giant savage might awaits you. Oh my, yes, this may be... Recap of previous recap of recent events. The end of the second part of the giant series, who had just emerged from the tomb of Tongar, having successfully having succeeded in retrieving Songong, the weapon that legends say has the power to defeat even the most fearsome of giants. Here again is here again is the last part of Stone Song. Ivor's eyes widen as you emerge from the tomb and produce the object of your quest. He gazes in wonder at the magnificent horn, unable to speak for several minutes as he carefully studies it. Beyond all hope, Stone Song is found, he says, as a look of relief spreads across his face. Good to know there is truth in the legends. I would hate to think my years of study had been to no avail. For several minutes you relate to Ivor the details of what transpired in the tomb, 
how there was way too many devastating attacks. He consistently shakes his head in disbelief as you describe the horrors you encountered in the musty passages of Tunangar's West. We must not delay any longer, for the danger grows with each passing hour, he says as you conclude your accounts. We are awaited in the village of Umbridge by an old friend of mine and a staunch ally in the battle against the tyranny of Discarskin. He will know how best to employ the newfound addition to Arsenal. Let us strike out for Westminster once. Come now, there are... They are the last words Ivor will ever speak. And now, the adventure begins. Ivor staggers and pitches forward, landing face first in the tall grass, the edge of the makeshift camp, a long, thin dart protruding from the back of his neck. You spin around, your every nerve steel for battle, only to find yourself confronted by four snarling cave goblins in black leather armour. One of the foul creatures clutches a wooden blowgun in its gnarled fingers, which you can only summarise expel the dart that brought down Ivor. The largest of the goblins boldly steps forward, flanked on either side by two of its kin, each wielding a broad-bladed axe. The apparent leader of the savage crew draws a serrated blade and levels at you as you mess at you menacingly as he continues his steady approach. Where is the horn? grumbles the lead goblin, his festering face twisted into a hideous sneer. Fetch it up now, or the poison that cut down that miserable rat will course through your veins. The goblin holding the, the blowgun draws the instrument to his mouth, prepares the looser dart in your direction. There's enough venom in the tip of that to drop an ogre, hisses the leader menacingly. His mad highness, the indolomonal, just das, just can has granted that your life be spared. If you should hand over that which belongs to him, come now. Let us not go against his wishes. A sinking feeling rises from it as you realise your mission to recover the stone tongue was known. And here, and here, and that here, at his conclusion, has been compromised. You sense the four goblins are very much on edge, perhaps equally as fearful of the bold hero standing before them. As they asked the, the distant giant master. Now, obviously, I'm not handing over the stone song. That would do for everybody. I mean, it's just just Jas Kiskin can't really use it, but he can keep he can hide it properly and make sure he's pretty much undefeatable. You know, unless I was a Unless some crazy powerful adventure with 150 MR would go against him. But where could such an adventurer come from? So, there's two options. I can attack them, or I can run away. I am going to attack these goblins. 
realise you must first deal with the goblin who has the blowgun trained on you. If you have any chance of surviving this this encounter, I can just Leroy Jenkins at this goblin, presumably doing some sort of wiggly woggly serpentiny charge, so he can't quite aim at me. <laughs> so otherwise, he, if I just charge straight at him, he'll just go. Thank you for making this easy. Take okay. Take the stone song. Not gonna do that. Or I can use telekinesis, fortification, or destruction. Now destruction requires the highest level, so it probably gives the greatest XP reward. That tends to be the rules with these things. Also, it's cooler, maybe? Destruction. You quickly summon your power of destruction and focus it on the wooden blowgun. Alright. It succeeded. 16 XP to destruction. That's not very much. The goblin shrieks in fear as the blowgun crumbles to dust in its clawed hands. The wretched creature fumbles to draw the axe strapped to its back as you leap to the attack. The axe, the panic-stricken goblin, strikes in fear and fumbles to draw an axe, draw the axe strapped to its back. I brazenly fight an axe-wielding cave goblin. Okay. The goblin hacks at you with its sharp axe. And it hacks some more. And it hacks once more. And <laughs> like with, a, with, a, with a surge of fury, I chop its head off. Or maybe I, no way, no way, I don't chop, I bash. I bash it. Rendering its head and its left shoulder into a, into a mess. With one mighty swing. It's slain. 12 XP. A blood-curdling scream escapes from the goblin's gaping jaws. The pitiful creature collapses to the ground at your feet. Instinctively, you turn to face his remaining kin. The two axe-wielding cave goblins rush forward and attack, following the sharp command of their leader. Mm, I guess that's better than you attacking one at a time, but if I was you, I'd attack all at once, because otherwise it maximises your chance of survival. Unless, of course, you're just using this attack to run away. That might be the smartest move. Yes, while, while they're getting... While Cave Goblin Leader, you know you're outmatched. After all, I thought whatever monsters were in that, that tomb. And tombs always have monsters in. It's the tomb rules. So you know, if I got that stone song, I could kill you in instance. You wouldn't even know you are dead before you're dead. You'd be like, oh, I'm a ghost now. That was unexpected. Hmm. Oh, and I'm not the kind of ghost that can kill, kill people. I'm the lame type of ghost that just walks, that floats through everything and is invisible. God, I'm probably going to have to train for years before I can even suspiciously move a candle. Ugh, oh, this is, this is, this is just terrible. Ugh. Ugh. So I'm just gonna have to just run 
wander around. Or go to wherever it is the dead goblins go. No, I don't even know. <laughs> we barely even explain human theology, so where dead goblins go is a mystery. Although some of them get raised by Wedcoat, the next necromancer. Although whether that's just their body or their spirit as well. Mm, who knows, who knows. As I say, I'm not I'm not a theologian. So it's two axe-wielding cave goblins. The goblins hack at you with their sharp axes, and they're not getting a single hit in. They're just glancing off against my kite shield, which is apparently the best shield. It's, anyway, but more importantly, it's a lot lighter than Gardevoir's shield. You've slain your foe. 21 XP. I'll have the horn and your blood, maggot. You should have took that chance to run away. Admittedly, Justice Khan would be furious at you for failing him. But there's a chance you might be able to just run to the opposite side of the kingdom. I don't know, meet up. We'll meet up with Tongar the Axe. Yeah, meet up with him. You know, form a nice, isolated goblin community way up in the Thundering Range, which no one cares about. You know, just raise some, raise some sheep. That's a, that's a nice, sensible thing. Well, maybe not sheep. I don't know. Sheep might not be tough enough to like to live off the Thundering Range. Maybe goats. I don't know. If there are goats in Swift in Tysa, but probably. They're probably goats in Tyson. Yeah, I go, you know, team, team up with Targar the Axe, weigh some goats high up in the Thundering Wage. You know, just there, some nice peaceful activity where you're unlikely to meet any humans who will kill you. Yep, that's what you should do. But, nope, 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 you've, you, you've gone and, you've gone and, you've gone and, Thrown in your lot with this, with that, with that giant, and now you're gonna have to die. Growls the last of the goblins as he levels the blade of his short sword at your chest, and only a short sword. I have a, I have a mace, a shimmering silver mace. How, how did you think this is gonna end? <laughs> You've seen. The vicious cave goblin slashes you with his sword. The enemy lays a brutal stroke on you. And another one. And a slash and a slash and he is dead. 21 XP. Goblin carnage lies strewn about the ground at your feet. A quick search through their remains reveals a small quantity of gold. The weapons are typical crude goblin fare. Save for the leader's swords, which bears the mark of fine quotes craftsmanship. Twenty gold, and a short sword, which is well crafted, I'll take that. You quickly move over and examine the body of Ivor. Ivor is dead. You kneel next to his body and mutter a few prayers, vowing that no matter how this all turns out, the sacrifice he made, the sacrifice he made, never be forgotten. A small pouch of gold strung from his belt contains some some gold tokens. 
and some of his weapons appear to be of good quality. Now, admittedly, I could sell them for gold, but... Which, apparently, I just took the gold automatically, you know, adventure senses. It's adventure instincts. You can't really stop them. But, you know what? I'm... Even though, mechanically speaking, I will gain something from taking his superior longsword and his sturdy dagger. I'm not going to. I'm going to respect... I respect this guy. I am not going to take the weapons... I'm not. I'm going to leave him as he is, and later on, I'll give some have someone come round and give him a proper burial. Later, for now, I've got I've got this whole giant problem to deal with. I don't have time to spend several hours digging a grave. Sorry about that, but you uh, you, you would you would understand. Taking down the giant is the top priority. The only other item of incest you discover amongst his belongings is a scrap of cartridge on which is scored a brief note instructing Ivor to find you in and about Hawklaw. You read the note a couple of times, then tear it up. Like that. Did you hear that? <laughs> Scattering the pieces into the brisk wind that carries across the moor. No end indication as to what the next course of action should be. We'll play Ivor's last words in your mind. We are waited in the village of Elmbridge by an old friend of mine and a staunch ally in the battle against the tyranny of Justice Khan. You will know how best to employ the newfound addition to our arsenal. Let us strike out west for Elmbridge at once. Taking into consideration this unsettling turn of events, you can't help but feel the prospect of success in the endeavour before you is now as elusive as ever, even with the legendary horn in your possession. With, with, the, with, with the final words of Ivor still echoing in your head, and with only a vague notion about the general location of the village, you decide to head west in the general direction of Elbridge and seek out the nameless ally to whom Ivor alluded. All right. For three days, the lush countryside of Western Tysa serves as a backdrop for your journey to the village of Elbridge. Oh dear, how much damage has he done in those three days? Tangled woodlands... Broad expanses of farmland and rolling green hills all pass by underfoot as you trek steadily westward. Mm. The thing is, he's leading an army, which will slow him down, because he's, he can only go as fast as the slowest part of his army. Otherwise, the army will be strung out of a massive distance and will be able to be defeated in detail. Yes, yes. So maybe he's not going. Maybe he won't have got to Hawklaw in this time. Hope not. Or any other of them. It's hoping to find Helmbridge before it's too late. But mostly Hawklaw, because I like the pub there. I like the Stone Back Tavern. I like the owl in the Stone Back Tavern. I like the people I meet in the Stone Back Tavern. I like the quests I go on that start at the Stone Back Tavern. Hoping to find Elmbridge before it's too late. And I like the fire in the stone back tavern when my feet are cold. 
which is very often. Hoping to find Elmbridge before it was too late. It is early afternoon on the third day, day of your travels, and you've just finished skirting the northern end of a wide forest lake, when you spot a thin column of smoke rising above the trees to the west. Investigate the source of the smoke. Okay. Maybe someone's in danger. You move cautiously through the trees to your west, your eyes and ears alert for any sign of movement around you. A few minutes later, you're standing at the edge of a small clearing, the centre of which sits a bearded man in a fur cloak, huddled next to a small fire with his back turned to you. Suddenly, the man turns to face you, almost as if he has somehow sensed your presence. Well, have you just heard me? He smiles warmly and asks you to sit and share the fire. Okay, use the power of divination before I make a decision. Channel it. Succeeded. You sense a great deal of mystery surrounding men, or do you not feel he is evil? You have difficulty concerning discerning his intentions with any clarity. Okay, so good. Accept his invitation. Refuse his invitation, or just attack him. No, and I'm not going to attack him. He's not shown any indication that he wants to attack me. So, not going to attack him. It's not like he's a goblin or anything. Or an ogre. Maybe in situations it might be okay. But even then, I tend to, tend to restrict yourself to only fight people who are trying to kill you or kill someone else. As a war. <laughs> Accept his invitation and join him by the fire. Okay. Travelled far to find you two, he says, as you warm yourself by the edge of the fire. Salve is not something I'm accustomed to. Rarely do I find myself in these parts, I must confess. You ask the man how he knows your name. I'm a famous adventurer. It's not. Most, lots of people know my name and what his business is. But he ignores the inquiry and continues speaking as if he's not heard a word. I bring something that might prove to be of use, he says, producing a thick bundle of cloth and passing it to you. It's a delivery that I'm glad I've had the opportunity to make. Our meeting is no accidental encounter. Yet do not dwell on its significance. But your energy is best spent on the task at hand. You unwrap the bundle of cloth and are surprised... When your eyes fall upon a magnificent sword blade buried in the folds of fabric, the blade has been separated from whatever hilt upon which it once rested, but it remains, nevertheless, a remarkable piece. Alright. Upon, upon the shimmering blade in your hand is engraved an in, intricately detailed scene depicting a fierce battle between a group of armoured men and several giants. When it is reunited with its hilt, the sword of legend shall be reborn, says the bearded man, his eyes reflecting the silver glimmer of the blade. Take the blade, and on the road that lies ahead, you may find what you seek. I get a separated blade. This magnificent blade, which has been separated from the hilt upon which it once rested. An elaborately engraved scene covers 
covers the blade, depicting a battle between armoured men and fearsome giants. Alright, so I'm guessing once it's restored, it will be super effective against giants or something. You glance up at the blade to ask the mysterious stranger what he knows of your business, and you're shocked to discover he is nowhere to be seen. The sound of your white turns your head in that direction, and you spot a vaguely human shape, obscured by shadow, receding, receding into the gloom of the wood. You're also shocked to discover there is no trace of the small fire next to which the man was seated, as if he never existed before. He's a ghost. Okay, ghost. I'll accept that. After all, Jiskan has killed a lot of people. So he's going to have a lot of ghosts with the Vengetta against him. Not really that. It's not really that, that odd. It's to be expected, really. I mean, I got helped by a ghost about the whole Woundskin saga. Without further delay, you set off to the west, resuming your original course the forest begins to thin out as you proceed, and you soon come across a well-worn road winding its way through the trees, running more or less east and west. You follow the well-worn road as it cuts its way almost due west through the outskirts of the forest. Nearly a mile along the road, you come across upon something that raises your spirits. A moss-covered sign attracts Attached to a thick wooden post indicates that the village of Elmbridge lies only a few miles along this road. This very road. You are elated to a located village and redouble your effort, moving swiftly along the road in hopes of reaching your destination within the hour. However, less than a mile past the sign, you encountered the first sign that not all is white in Elmbridge. Turn a bend and come upon the smashed remains of a wagon strewn across the road. Flies buzz about the bloodied carcass of two horses that lie amidst the wreckage. Sadly, one of the horses is still breathing faintly. Without hesitation, you mercifully put the suffering meat beast out of its misery. Bye-bye, horsey. Bye-bye. Go to wherever it is the horses go. Horse Valhalla, perhaps. The bodies of the two horses are, are riddled with deep gashes, and a search of the remains of the wagon produces the broken haft of an axe and a flint dagger. The items are crude fare at best, typical of the weaponry employed by goblins. The realisation it was goblins that attacked the wagon, presumably killed or captured its occupants, causes a sinking feeling to well up on the pit of your stomach. All indications are that the minions of Justice Khan have already arrived in Elmbridge. Fearful of what might have befallen the remote village, you hurriedly follow the world west, cautiously skirting the edge of the forest. Less than a dozen yards past the scattered remains of the wagon, something suddenly strikes your leg. You look down to discover a small rock lying on the ground at your feet. Peering into the woods, you spot a man lying just inside the edge of the forest. 
his body concealed by a blanket of foliage. He rapidly beckons for you to approach, and without delay, you slip into the woods and make your way over to you. Over to him. The man introducing himself is quick, and tells you that Elmbridge has fallen to a force of goblins and ogres. You learn that the village received warning from the nearby settlement of Oxwen that an attack was imminent, and most of Elmbridge's inhabitants fled to safety, save for a band of militia who attempted an ill-conceived defence. Oh, really? Militia? Uh, <laughs> they don't really... They're not that good, are they, militia? But that's to be expected. They've got... They're not full-time soldiers. They don't have good. They don't have the best equipment. Really, they they can they can their usual the job of militia is usually to hold the line long enough for a professional like me or the army, maybe some border rangers for them to turn up. And if it's just one or two goblins, maybe a small slime, maybe maybe a few wolves, yeah, they can deal with that, but. If you're dealing with something like an entire army, no, militias can't handle that. And of course, if I'm turning up, it usually means it's way above the militia level. It's foolhardy at best, he says, wincing as he speaks. We could not be, we could not have been prepared for the sheer number of goblins that saw the village and swarmed us, or the band of ogres that followed them. I believe a few men might have escaped with their lives. Lies, myself included. But there were over twenty of us pitching the fight. It was a deadly blunder. In a weak voice, Quig tells you the goblin raiders were seeking someone who was apparently hiding in a village. You can't help but think this someone could be the person to whom Ivor wounded in his final words. Whoever it is, we must have fled into the tunnels beneath the village, for a large party of goblins has entered that forbidden place. You ask Quig about the tunnels he mentioned, and he tells you that a sprawling underground complex of passages have always existed below the village. The tunnels are the remnants of the distant past. No one is certain of their origin or purpose, and it is forbidden for anyone to enter them. Many believe that a strange magic exists within the tunnels, perhaps hiding some ancient secret. Regardless, there's only one I've ever known who would willingly brave those passages. Craig tells you that Elmbridge is no longer safe to enter, as the goblins have taken up residence in the heart of the village, and now control all roads leading into it. No doubt the band of ogres that smashed his way through us is in there as well, he says, wincing as he struggles to get the words out. You tell Quirig of your intention of entering the village and finding the mysterious stranger who reportedly fled into the tunnels. He casts a disapproving glance at you, but is suddenly distracted by what appears to be a wave of intense pain. For several moments, Quirig is unable to speak. He closes his eyes and exhales sharply, as he contends with the severe pain that seems to have overtaken him, he motions for you to come closer and hold up his bloody tunic, revealing a wide and deep gash and spanning the limp breadth of his chest. I may have seen my last sunrise this morning, he says, smirking. No matter, though. I would see that you're spared. Yes. 
No matter though. I would see that you that you spare your you spare yourself the death to which this road will lead you. Okay, I can heal him with my restoration. It has to be thirty or higher, and it is now. For me, restoration is 58, so... Alright, let's see what happens. You call upon your power... Oh, it failed. Sorry! Oh, oh, it... It, it did... It, okay, it, it just... It didn't even... It just brought me back. Okay, restoration again. Call upon your power... It, it failed again. Okay. Call upon... Succeeded. Okay, apparently I just keep trying to I succeed. You know what? I should do that more often. Because often, if you fail, in a lot of cases, you can try again. Of course, if it's an if it's something, if it's an hour streaking towards your head, you only get one chance. But with something like restoration, you can just keep going at it. Yes, yes, that, that's probably the way it should be. It might, I don't know whether it's intended or not, but either way, good design, good design. Making it so something that you do have the chance to do again and again, you can do again and again and again. 32 experience to restoration. You place your hands over Quigg's wound and suddenly feel the warmth of your healing power flow into his body. Quigg grasps in shock as the wide gash narrows and shortens his very eyes to as little more than a deep scratch across his torso. Well, it's still quite a bit of pain. Your healing powers have likely spared his life. He grins broadly, expresses his gratitude and supply. I wish I could repay this kindness, he says, hardly able to contain his gratitude. I can tell you, however, that if you seek to enter the channels, you should know the entrance to them lies in the cell of the church. I cannot recommend such a course. I can see there's more to you than meets the eye, friend. Thank you for the information. He only shakes his head and smiles. May prove a fool's errands. It should go with my blessing, he says. Quirk is too weak, still too weak to move. You ho hope him get comfortable before you set off towards the edge of the road towards the occupied village. I presume there are some other militia in the forest to pick him up or to, you know, tend to him. To tend to him, because it just makes sense. Anyway, you'll be fine. You'll be fine, yep. Less than a mile past the spot where Quigg lay, you come upon the outspurts of Elmbridge, passing several small cottages and a large barn that have been ransacked. The bloodied carcass of three horses lie strewn at the roadside. Close by are the headless bodies of three men in level armour, who presumably were members of the militia that paid for the bravery with their lives. The cause of the goblin sickens you, and you are now more determined than ever to see your mission through and effect a final end to the tyranny of Justice Khan and his wicked minions. Just beyond the Wansat cottages, the road bends to the south. In the distance, you can clearly make out the cluster of buildings that compromise the heart of the village. Suddenly, your eyes fall upon a more sinister sight. Not far ahead, on the left side of the road, stand two cave goblins, apparently guarding the forest there that runs through the centre of Elmbridge. 
and quickly take cover in the trees on the side of the road. Thankful you've not yet been spotted. You have a feeling that getting past the Sioux sentries without alerting every goblin in the village to your presence could prove tricky. I could attack them. I could use illusion, or I can use archery. We just try to sneak past, but that means they still be there if I want to. Still be there, and they could move and bump into me, or I want to go back and I sneak past them again. No, I'm going to use illusion. 16 XP to illusion, we succeeded. And the illusion of a trio of villages fleeing into the woods is enough to cause both goblins to abandon their posts. The foul creatures tear off into the forest after the illusionary prey, leaving the road unguarded. You hurry along the road, cautiously edging closer to the heart of the village. As you draw near to the heart of Elmbridge, you plainly see that the village is overrun with a large force of goblins. Fearing that it is too dangerous to continue a direct approach, you quickly take up a position on a thickly wooded slope just east of the village centre. This is a safe point here. So you could save. Save the game here. Okay. From your vantage point on the thickly wooded wooden slope, and since it's a safe point, you can rest here to restore all your health and your naval reserve. Very nice. From your vantage point on the thickly wooded wooden slope just east of the centre of the village, you're able to see clear, clearly the entirety of the village, and to clearly to see nearly the entirety of the village, to clearly monitor the movements and locations of the goblins that occupy it. The foul goblins move in and out of the major structures at the heart of Elmbridge. However, the majority of their activity seems to be centred on the plain wooden church, the northern edge of the village square. You have no doubt the goblins' efforts are focused on finding the same man you've come here seeking. Though you know little of this man, the unlighter which Ivor alluded to in his final words, realise you cannot allow him to fall into the clutches of the giant and his minions. You carefully observe the five locations in the centre of the village seem to be the focus of most of the goblin activity. Number one is the Badger Den, Den Tavern. Now and again you spot a group of goblins making their way in and out of the tavern. Now they might they're probably just stealing the booze because I mean that's like half the point of occupying a tavern. So you can as an army, so you can steal the booze. The mill. The wretched goblins have infested the mill like ants. The bodies of three men lie strewn about the entrance. The unfortunate victims of the foul creatures that now haunt the structure. Next is the stables. Goblins overrun the stables. Their wicked laughter echoes out of the structure. He hoped there were no animals within to be subjected to their cruelty. The meeting house. Goblins move in and out of the village meeting house. And finally, the church. Foul goblin minions of Jiskan can be seen moving about the grounds of the church. And moving around inside the plain wooden structure. 
So I can explore those five places, or I can explore the outskirts of the village. I'll do that first. You cautiously explore the outskirts of the village, moving furtively through the thick wood that surrounds Oakwich. North side of the settlement, you happen upon an old graveyard in the midst of the forest. A low grumble and a and a chorus of heavy breathing on the far side of the overgrown cemetery freezes you in your tracks. Through the tangle of growth at the edge of the fo- forgotten place, you can make out the shapes of several ogres and a pair of goblins. You step closer for to get a better. You creep closer to get a better view, and note there are five ogres in all, and two armor-clad cave goblins milling about on the far, the far side of the graveyard. The largest of the ogres, a particularly fearsome-looking brute, with a patch covering one of his eyes, swipes at the ancient graveyard grave markers with a weighty spiked club, and attack the band of cruel humanoids. Two armored goblins stand se- several yards away from the ogres. The two armored, and it's much closer to your present condition position. The largest of the pair was an axe, and his thickly muscled arms quiver as he grifted, as he grips the haft of his weapon, hinting at the savage might he possesses. So I'll, I can just attack them, or I can notch an arrow and take aim at them first, and I will. You, quick, you quickly notch an arrow and take aim at the large goblin. Pick a number. Bonus 27 from archery. Gonna get 52 or all. Pretty likely, let's say. Failure, oh dear. Your arrow glances off the tip of a dangling branch and misses its mark. Now alerted to your presence, two goblins charge at you, their weapons drawn in anticipation of cutting you down where you stand. The swarm of the two goblins reaches you first. You valiantly attack a cave goblin warrior. Begin combat. Whew, it's nearly did a, did a special attack where a sudden surge of energy overtakes you and you lay an impossibly swift blow upon your enemy. It's nearly done. And bash! Skull is caved in. The large axe wielding goblin, 4XB, steps over the corpse of its fallen kin. And swipes at you with with his broad-bladed axe. You manage to dodge the first few blows before finally countering an attack of your own against a large godling warrior. The mighty warrior hacks at you with his axe and is slain. The five ogres you have, have you completely surrounded, leaving you no way to escape. You must fight these savage creatures to the death. It's five savage ogres, all at the same time. Oh my. Your enemy lays a particularly brutal stroke for ten damage. And the ogres swing at you with their wooden clubs. Ooh, a lot of brutal strokes. But, down they go. Seventy experience. Having survived a brutal fight, you search the area and make a grisly discovery. The bodies of nine men, most likely members of the militia, are heaped into a pile on the far side of the graveyard. 
you summarize these valiant men made their final stand here among the ancient graves of their kinsmen. You find cold consolation in the fact you are able to finish the fight on their behalf. You are about to turn and make your way out of the graveyard when you suddenly spot something quite unexpected. Dawning the waist of one of the fallen militia is a wide leather belt, and fastened to it, in place of a buckle, is a magnificent hilt of a sword. Your pulse quickens as you realise the sword hilt is an exact match for the separated blade you acquired while on route to Elbridge. Momentarily ignoring the eeriness of the almost unbelievable coincidence, you reach down and remove the hilt from the belt and match it up with the sword sword you're carrying. It's a separated hilt. This sturdy hilt has been separated from the blade that once rested upon it. The engraving of an armoured man holding aloft the severed head of a giant adorns the underside of the pommel. Pommel, oh, ooh, there's a pommel. That makes it even more powerful. As we all know, pommels are very, very strong. That's what the memes say. The remains of little use in its present state. You can summarise that this would be a truly grand weapon if it were somehow reforged. Amongst the remains of the ogres, you discover a small quantity of gold in a cloth sack. 27 gold, that is. With no desire to linger about the ancient graveyard a moment longer, you quickly turn and head back towards the village. Okay, I'm going to west here. Now there's, there's a lot of stuff. To, I've got I've got five buildings full of goblins to clear out. So I'm going to save now. So and now for now we're going to stop and we'll and we'll clear out those buildings next time and we'll maybe we'll finish maybe we'll finish out finish the entire quest. Just depends. Depends how long it takes. But for now, farewell, fellow adventurers. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.